This morning, I would like to um, read some scripture from 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16 through 26. And as you're turning there, I would also like to take this opportunity to say Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers, whether by birth being a mother or whether by circumstance. Sometimes we are thrown into that role, not because of something that we've done, but because God has seen something in us, and so he has allowed us to mother somebody's child. Today I want to talk to you about a loving mother. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16 through 26. Sometime later, two prostitutes came to the king to have an argument settled. Please, my lord, one of them began, this woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There were only two of us in the house. But her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid her dead baby in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. And in the morning when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it was not my son at all. Then the other woman interrupted. It certainly was your son, and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, the living child is mine, and the dead one is yours. And so they argued back and forth before the king. Then the king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours, and each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to one woman and half to the other. Then the woman who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much cried out, Oh no, my Lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. Again, this morning, my topic is a loving mother. As I thought about a text for today, I asked God, which mother should I talk about? Of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to mind. Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mom, Sarah, and others that, were, that we hear about most Mother's Days. But I wanted a mother that was not popular or part of the normal Mother's Day sermons that we normally hear. So I said, Lord, there has to be a mother in the Bible that we can use to speak on and to speak to us this Mother's Day 2021. Normally this passage is highlighted because the king in the story had a meeting with God and God gave him what he asked for, wisdom. But this Mother's Day 2021, I want to highlight one of the mothers in this passage, a loving mother that is the recipient of God's grace and his mercy that had been extended to her through this wise king. Mothers, 
Who are they? They are family managers, teachers, doctors, caregivers, lawyers, counselors, consolers, bankers, loan officers. They are the voice of reason, listeners. They are humble, bold, assertive, and independent. They are mentors, prayer warriors, and in the text, they are even prostitutes. Mothers, what do they do? They love, they are kind. They sacrifice, they give, they take. They share, they care. They ask, they advise, they hope, they pray. They wonder, they watch. They encourage, they keep silent. They speak up. They know who you really are, and yet they still love you and will stand up for you even when you don't deserve it. They make a lot of sacrifices. In our text, we read of two harlots, prostitutes, women of the night. I could say more, but there are sensitive ears listening. We all get the point of what these two mothers did for a living. The text is clear about their profession, but in light of their profession, they were both mothers. Their profession had been referred to as the oldest profession. Then and now, it is a common way for some women and yes, some men to earn a living. We understand from the word of God that their profession was and is immoral. Imagine the scene, a courtroom full of spectators and the, the media watching, listening, waiting to see the outcome of this high profile case. The prosecutor, a prostitute, but more than a mother, not just any type of mother, but a loving mother. The defendant, a prostitute, a mother, but a murderer, kidnapper, and a liar. The judge, King Solomon, a king that loved the Lord and followed after all the decrees of his father. There was no jury. The judge would rule on this case. As in any court of law today, the burden of proof is on the part of the plaintiff because the plaintiff brought the legal action against the defendant. All rise for the Honorable King Solomon. The text does not tell us how they came to stand before the king, but simply two prostitutes came to King Solomon to have an argument settled. I only want to highlight a few of the verses preceding our text. Solomon went to Gibeon to sacrifice at a place where he had offered a thousand burnt offerings before. This time was no different. This time was different, and it's recorded in our basic instruction before leaving earth, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. This night, the Lord Jehovah, the existing one, the all-powerful one, appeared to Solomon in a dream and asked him, what do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. At this point, Solomon appears to be humble, and his reply, you show great faithful love to your servant, my father, David. Because he was honest, true, and faithful to you, and you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O oh Lord, my God, 
You have made me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. In other words, I don't know what I'm doing, and Lord, I need your help. Verse 9, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. Verse 10, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God's reply in verse 12, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. Please read the whole chapter for the full context of the scripture. These women were in a court of law. They stood before the king to settle a dispute. Not just any king, but a king that God had granted a wise and understanding heart so that there was none like Solomon before or to come. Most of the time when we hear this story, the wisdom of the king is the focus of the sermon being te or teaching. His wisdom is key to the outcome or the verdict and is very important. But today, this Mother's Day 2021, God has placed it in my heart to focus on one of the mothers that earned a living as a prostitute. We may not agree with the profession that our mothers have chosen, but just know that loving mothers for many years have worked in mediocre jobs to earn a living, some single mothers, and were able to put their children through college because of sacrifices made in order that their children might become gainfully employed and have professions they could be proud of. This mother, we read in the story, she loved her son. This loving mother petitioned the court. She didn't have a lawyer. She had to have the paper served on the defendant herself. Timing is everything. She finds herself before the king just after God, he had been with God. Just after God had asked this king, what do you want? Ask, and I'll give it to you. We don't know if this is the first authority to hear this loving mother's case or not. What we do know is that this loving mother finds herself in court before a king with a wise and understanding heart, such as no one else has had or ever will have. For the believer, that would be a look at God moment, a moment of favor for his child. A moment that God ordained to be so at that particular time, standing before the right judge and or jury for a life-altering verdict. God's timing. So for this loving mother, they were standing before the right person to settle the argument. Today, I would like to share a few thoughts on what a loving mother will do for her child or children. A loving mother speaks up. She will raise her voice, shout, yell, holler when it comes to her children. She desperately needs the truth to come out. This loving mother spoke freely with compassion because her child had been kidnapped. Sometimes we stumble over our words or we can't say it just right, but this loving mother made it plain. She was to the point, straightforward, truthful, and compassionate in her argument. 
In this case, there was no witnesses, so they, all they had was their opening statement. The plaintiff goes first. Out of respect for his position, she addressed him as my Lord. She tells her story. This woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby, and this lady was there. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were the only two in the house. There are no witnesses to call, just me and the plaintiff, me the plaintiff and her the defendant. This woman's child died in the night because she laid on it. Being a new mother of, three, of a three-day-old baby, I can imagine that she was tired. Hopefully she didn't know what she was doing, but she had laid on the baby and smothered it. At some point in the night, she got up and realized what she had done and that her child was dead. I don't know what possessed her to take my baby. Maybe she feared being punished and charged with neglect or manslaughter. Maybe she had low self-esteem because of our profession and she couldn't deal with the people talking about her killing her baby as well as her lifestyle. So she plotted and took my son while I was asleep. The defendant, realizing that I was in a deep sleep, took my son and laid him on her bosom and laid her dead son in my bosom. Now this is me, Felicia. I can imagine that the plaintiff having a three-day-old baby was tired and sleep-deprived. The scripture tells us that it was only two women and the children in the house. The Bible doesn't mention a husband, a boyfriend, or a baby daddy to take shifts with that baby when that baby would get up to feed every three to four hours. So when the baby went down, she went down. The baby didn't cry, so she wouldn't have heard anything. Babies can move a lot, so she wouldn't have been stirred by the movement since she was tired. This loving mother has her facts down. She spoke up for her son and for herself. I can imagine that this loving mother felt that if she didn't advocate for her, her child and situation, no one else would. As parents, we do this when we go to parent-teacher conferences. Speaking up can be uncomfortable, but it's necessary to protect our children. Children are having to deal with so much these days that many of them are checking out and committing suicide. As a loving mother and fathers also, we must pay attention, gather the facts, ask questions, be persistent but polite, stay calm and communicate effectively so that our children will grow into well-rounded adults. With everything going on in our world today as parents, we must speak up for their education, health, employment, speaking up against violence, drugs, hatred, bullying, loss of innocent lives. We've all heard it and probably said it. It takes a village to raise a child. So we shouldn't just speak up for our children. We should also speak up for other children. After all, a loving mother has a lot of love to share. A loving mother speaks up. Second, a loving mother knows her children. Although the baby was only three days old, I can imagine that when they were both awake, 
This loving mother, she looked at her son completely, head to toe, front to back, all the way around. She knew if he had a birthmark, if one finger was longer than the other, the color of his eyes and his hair, back to the courtroom and the plaintiff's story. When I got up to feed my baby, he was dead, or so I thought. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I realized that it was not my son. I had my son three days ago. I know how he looks and feels. I've been staring at him, examining him for three days. He was, he was only three days old when she kidnapped my baby, but I had bonded with him, and he was bonding with me. My baby had a mark under his arm. His little toe stuck out. So my Lord, I know that she took my baby. He sounds like my baby. He looks like my baby. He feels like my baby. He smells like my baby. A loving mother knows her children. I'm sure that we can all be in a room and one child say, my, mom, mother, mommy, or whatever you are called, and the right mother will answer that child. I remember when they gave me Tasha. She looked like a plump Asian baby. I knew she was mine because I was the only new mother in the room. As I held her and I began to look at her or study her, at one point I noticed that she had a mole. After spending a few days with her, I would have been able to pick her out of a room of children because I had spent time with her and we had bonded. She was my first child and I loved her. It didn't matter the circumstances or the situations that led to her arrival. All that mattered was she was my child and I loved her. So this loving mother, regardless of what she had done in life, she loved her son and she wanted him back. She could have had an abortion. After all, having a baby would interfere with her career. But she chose to carry her child for nine months. So she, have given the she could have given the baby up for adoption, but she didn't. We've seen the stories on the news or read it on the internet. A baby left on the steps of the church, fire department, or hospital. Not this mother. Something deep within her wanted this child. And now someone, a coworker, maybe even a friend, had kidnapped her son. More than 460,000 children go missing every year. But this mother had seen her baby with this woman, knowing what had happened. In verse 22, an argument breaks out, and the defendant speaks. The other woman interrupted and denied the plaintiff, plaintiff's argument, saying that the plaintiff's son was dead, and the living son belonged to her. Weak, but it was all that she had. They argued back and forth before the king several times, neither producing any evidence to support their claim. If they would have stood before the king the day before, the result may have been the same as a hung jury. But because they were standing before a king with a wise and understanding heart, unlike anyone before or to come, justice would be served. God's grace and his mercy would prevail in favor of this loving mother. The king had been listening based on the facts. They both claimed that the living child belonged to them and the dead child to the other. 
this was a difficult situ um, decision to make. I can imagine the whole time that the king was thinking about his experience at Gibeon with the Lord. What was he to do? The child was an infant and couldn't say who mom was. God gave him an idea. Let's see which child, which mother loves this child the best. Let's see who will come to this child's rescue when the child is in danger. A loving mother knows her children. My last point, a loving mother will sacrifice. The ruling comes and the king speaks. Cut the living child in two. Give half to one woman and half to the other. Now, now we know the story and we know that he was not going to have this done, but he did it to see the heart of the women and determine who loved this child enough to sacrifice raising the child. This would have given him real knowledge of who the argue, whose argument was accurate. This loving mother was willing to let him go instead of being destroyed. She was willing to sacrifice hearing him call her mama for the first time, seeing him turn over for the first time, seeing his first two come through watching him crawl on the floor or scoot across the floor for the first time, watching him pull up to the table and stand up and walk around the table and one day eventually get up enough nerve to let go and take his first step. His first day of school, graduation, college, marriage, and even grandchildren. She was willing to watch him grow up from the shadow instead of being in the mix. The King James Version reads, for her bowels yearned upon her son. She cried out quickly, hold up, wait a minute. Oh no, my Lord, give her the child. Please don't hurt him. She could not bear to see her son hurt, much less dead. She wanted him alive more than, that's why she went to court to plead her case. Instead of killing him, let her have him. It's a sad day when someone is willing to take a life period, but the innocent life of a child. In North Carolina, at least two out of every 100,000 newborns are known to be killed or left to die per year, usually by their mother. The defendant said, all right, if you can't have him, neither can I. We can split him in half. We can't imagine what was going on in her head. But what we do know is that she showed no compassion. This loving mother's willingness to sacrifice won her case. The king's ruling, don't kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live, for she is the mother. She was willing to fight for her son and justice prevailed. She was able to take her son home because she was not selfish. A loving mother will sacrifice. Loving mothers take care of their children by speaking up for them, by spending time with them and getting to know them, by making sacrifices. Just like this loving mother who stood before wise King Solomon, we will all have our day in court when we stand before God, the wise, the righteous, the holy, 
all-knowing and all-powerful one, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the true and living God. The plaintiff, the enemy, Satan, is always looking for ways to persecute believers and lying to those who have not committed their lives to Christ, desiring a guilty verdict from the judge. Jesus, our defender, he gave the ultimate sacrifice many years ago, and now he sits at the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf, so that when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of his son instead of seeing our sin. He is speaking up for us. He knows each of us, and he has sacrificed his life for all. This day in court, this judgment day, will either be a day of rejoicing or a day of weeping. More important than a loving mother, we have a loving father that knows his children. He knows us before we were formed in our mother's womb. He knows the number of hairs on our head. Just like he calls Samuel by name, he has called each of us by name too. He is calling someone today. He spoke up for the man with the withered hand. He spoke up for the woman that, that was crippled by an evil spirit for 18 years. He spoke up for the blind, the lame, the lost, and his enemies. Jesus spoke up for all humanity on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. More than anything, he made the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his life that we could all have the right to life more abundantly. I offer Christ to you, my brother. I offer Christ to you, my sister. Jesus has already paid the price. He's waiting for you patiently to accept the free gift of salvation. Everything he endured was worth your life. He wants all to, to live with him in eternity. He's a loving savior that gives us all the opportunity to make the choice for ourselves. He has his arms open, ready to accept and embrace you. He said so many years ago that you were worth it. He did it. He did it for you, and he did it for me. God bless you. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.